Welcome to the Afford Law Podcast, where we will be discussing issues of criminal law and family law in Massachusetts. In today's episode, we will be discussing the various outcomes that are possible through plea negotiations, commonly referred to as a plea bargain. Plea bargains are absolutely essential in the criminal justice system, considering 97% of all cases do not go forward at trial. So sit back, relax, and let's get started. Essentially, a plea bargain is an agreement between the government and the defendant on the outcome of the case. It is negotiated between the two sides and must be approved by the judge. But before looking into the various outcomes, the first question is, should you take a plea bargain? Oftentimes, the plea bargain is the best way to go because it gives you some control over the outcome of the case. There are a number of different options that can uh, take place depending on the facts of the case, the charges, and your criminal record if you have any. The only other option is to take the case to trial. You have the absolute right, if you are a criminal defendant, to have your case tried before a jury, if you so desire, or a judge sitting without a jury. The Commonwealth has the burden of proof to prove each and every element of the case against you. The question becomes, do you want to take your chances at trial? In speaking with your attorney, he or she will develop a theory of the case and tell you the positives and the negatives, the strengths and the weaknesses of your case and the possible and the probable outcome. But keep in mind, you're putting that decision in the hands of a jury or a judge sitting without the jury. And there are only two options at trial, guilty or not guilty. So let's take a look at the various outcomes that are possible in a uh, plea bargain, and then we'll get into the details of each one of them. The first and best outcome for the defendant is a dismissal. Next is what we call a filed without a change of plea. After that, and closely related to that, is a pre-trial probation, followed by a continuation without a finding, often referred to as a quaff. The next rung up from that, and getting more serious for the defendant, is guilty with probation. The next step is a guilty with a suspended sentence. The next step after that is guilty with committed time in jail. And there is also a split sentence. Let's take a moment and look at each of these options in a little bit more detail. A dismissal, as I said, is when the Commonwealth agrees to dismiss your case. There are two types of dismissals, with or without prejudice. If your case is dismissed without prejudice, the Commonwealth has the ability to reopen the case if facts and circumstances point them in that direction. A dismissal is usually without prejudice. A dismissal with prejudice is a dismissal, but the Commonwealth cannot bring the case back. The Commonwealth has to agree to a dismissal in order for that to be accepted by the court. A judge 
cannot dismiss a case over the objection of the Commonwealth. The next step up from that is filed without a change of plea. At your arraignment, a not guilty plea is entered on your behalf. And that status of not guilty continues with you until such time as you change that plea or are convicted at time of trial. A filed without a change of plea has a certain duration, typically a year, sometimes six months. What happens is, as long as you don't get rearrested or there's no reason to bring the case forward, the case basically stays in a file for a year and gets dismissed at the end of that period of time. You're not on probation and there are no fees for probation. Closely associated with that is what we call pre-trial probation. That's where you're not admitting to any facts, you're not saying that you're guilty, but you are on probation for a period of time. Again, as long as you don't get into any uh, problems with the law, don't get rearrested or there are no issues, uh, sometimes conditions of release can be uh, imposed as well. Those must be satisfied. And there is a $50 a month probation fee. As long as all the conditions are met and you don't get rearrested, the case will get dismissed at the end of that period of time. The next step up from that is what we call a continuation without a finding of guilt. It's abbreviated QAF. There are two big advantages to a QAF. The first one is it is not a conviction. So if you have a QAF on your record and you were ever asked by anybody, say a landlord or an employer, potential employer, have you been convicted of that crime? If it's a quaff, you can truthfully tell them that you have not been convicted. That's the first advantage. You'll be on probation for a period of time, typically a year, but that can be negotiated. As long as you don't get rearrested, you pay the probation fees and satisfy any conditions of your probation, the case gets dismissed at the end of that period. In other words, it's sort of like a delayed dismissal. The next step up from that is a guilty probation. Now the biggest difference between a quaff and a guilty probation is a guilty probation is a conviction. A conviction that will be on your record. And if you're asked, have you been convicted of, a, of that crime? You have been convicted of that crime. Depending, on, and it could be a misdemeanor or a felony. If it's a felony, and you, are, and you take a guilty probation, you are now a convicted felon, and that, will, that would remain on your record and cause you all kinds of trouble pretty much for the rest of your life. Probation can also have conditions. Oftentimes they are, uh, if there are drugs involved, to stay drug-free or alcohol-free, if that's the case. Stay away from certain people. Um, you may have to go to uh, classes or treatment, as long as the conditions are uh, met at the end of the probation, the case will get closed, but it won't get dismissed. That's the other big difference between guilty probation and a quaff. The next step up the ladder from that is a guilty with a suspended sentence. The biggest difference between a guilty probation and a guilty suspended sentence is in a suspended sentence scenario, the judge 
sentences you to time in jail, but suspends that time. So that time is hanging over your head for a period of time while you're on probation. If you happen to get rearrested or don't satisfy the conditions of your probation, you can be brought in as a, proba as a probation violator. And if the judge is inclined to give you any time at all, a day, a week, 30 days, he or she does not have the discretion to give you anything less than what the suspended time is. Of course, worse than that is guilty with committed time in jail, actual jail time. And there's also something that's called a split sentence, where you get jail time for a period of time followed by a period of probation. In any case, you should consult with your attorney and have him or her explain all the possible outcomes and the likelihood of any of those outcomes. Each case is different and each case is decided on a number of factors.